horse boys. Yeah. I like killing horse boys. They twinkle when they die. What up, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. I'm Nate, and joining me, as always, my brother, Zach. What up? I said your name this time. You did. Because you get so pissy when I don't say well, it. Well, you can fucking introduce a guy. If you joined us before, you know we're full spoiler. We'll ruin the whole series if you... Well, I haven't. Then we're full spoiler. We'll ruin the whole series if you haven't read it. So this is your warning at the top of the show. Go read the books. Come back. Yeah, because this chapter, Barristan Selmy comes in place pretending to be Arstan Whitebeard. Right. Uh so hopefully you stopped listening as soon as you got that. If you've joined us before, thank you for coming back and putting up with our shenanigans for yet another chapter of A Song of Ice and Fire. Last episode, we were reading Sansa Sep as far as the actual battle of the Battle of Blackwater. Sansa was in Magor's Holdfast, the Queen's yeah. Ballroom with Cersei and the other high ladies and some of the old and infirm men. And Cersei was getting reports of the battle, only really wanting to know where Joffrey was and if he was safe. And when shit was hitting the fan, Cersei dipped out, and people started panicking, thinking that... Sansa stepped the fuck yeah, up. Thinking Cersei was fleeing the city because they were losing, people started to panic. Sansa stepped up and calmed everyone down and started handling some business, returned to her bedchamber to find Sandor Clegane, drunker than she's ever seen him. And they had an exchange. Uh, whether there was sexual, sexual tension or not is highly debated, but... It was an intense scene where the Hound left her his ripped Kingsguard cloak and left the city seemingly forever. And then Dantos came in and gave her the news that Tywin and Lord Renly showed up and it was spectacular. And King's Landing is saved and they're saved and everyone should be happy. And so now we are reading Daenerys 5. Yeah, so last we left Daenerys, she had finally made her way into the... The House of the Undying. Right, so, having no other options for ships, everyone was denying her. She turned to the Warlocks in the House of the Undying, drank some crazy, trippy potion, and had some crazy, trippy visions, yeah. and a lot of foreshadowing, as we in the community like to point out endlessly. Yeah, so we won't go through every single thing she but went through there. But in the end, that was they attempted to suck the life force out of her being dry, husky, gross things themselves, and Drogon burnt the shit out of what seems to be their collective heart. And killed a few of them, and Danny left as the palace of dust was crumbling, and she fucked him up. Yeah, we open this chapter, Danny five, with her. Danny's eating... final chapter. Yeah, Danny's Clash of final Kings. chapter. So only five chapters for Danny right. to wrap up this whole Carthian. Um, we had mentioned it earlier this week at one point to each other that I'd always disliked her Clash of Kings arc, but. There's not even much to dislike. Yeah, no. Uh, like, it's so short and succinct. Right. I definitely go based more off the show with Karth, and I think that's it. I don't like her time in the show in Karth. Right, I right. don't like the representation in the book. I think it's great. I like all the stuff in Karth. I like the lessons she's learning, the things she's doing. But, yeah, she was eating when uh, Eerie had brought her a very flowery carathene gown to yeah. wear to the as we've seen a few times the very light silky right usually bare one, breast one yeah. breast is bared uh and danny says to take it away the docks are no place for such a for a lady's finery and thinks that if the milkmen thought her such a savage she would dress the part and so yeah she headed to down to the stables dressed in dothraki vest belt with a 
blade at her yeah, fucking hip. In her sandals. Woven grass sandals. And Jiqui had even braided her hair in the regular Dothraki fashion and hung a bell from the... Yeah, hung a bell from the braid. Yeah. Which, as we know, is what they do to signify a victory in Dothraki culture. Danny protested, saying she had won no victories, but Jiqui's like, Khaleesi, you burned the Magi in the House of Dust and sent their souls to hell. It is not. It is not. <laughs> like... sent their souls to dust. And again, Danny's like, eh, that was more Drogon than me, but I'll take what I can get because the Dothraki will follow her more for it. And right. No one says anything as she they ride out. Uh, Ago, Jorah, no one says anything about the bell twinkling, twinkling in her hair, and why would they? Who's, who well, are they... I feel like part of her thought they might contest the fact that she right, didn't right. want to. And so, yeah, exactly. Well, They're going to just sit there and support her anyway. Right. So, yeah, as they leave the, the, the Jesus Christ, the palace grounds, <laughs> um, they see that the streets are pretty barren yep. at this point. That there's not really anybody there, especially horses or camels. Mainly it's just children, beggars, and the scum of the streets floating about through here. Which is... An interesting part of Karth that they don't really broadcast, and we don't, you know, it's always grand spectacle, but yeah, there, so, are, there is a poor district in Karth. Yeah, and she sees them, and when she does, she goes, they know who I, who I am, but they don't love me. And that makes me think of Sansa's last lines that we were talking about. <clears throat> Excuse me. That she will make them love her. And I think Danny will as well, but using the fear tactics instead. So that was kind of cool, though. Yeah, I also think it could just be potential foreshadowing for her in Westeros. They know who I am, but they don't love me. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I like that line as well. Visiting the waterfront was not by choice. She was fleeing yet again, she thinks. She had begun her running in her mother's womb and never stopped. It, but it was always run or die. Zaro had learned that Payat Pri was gathering the surviving warlocks to work ill on her. Yeah, so they're getting ready to kill her. They're looking to assassinate her. Yeah, they her. want revenge. This bitch came I mean, want revenge. They lured her in there. But, yeah, like, yeah they're, that's a, a neat little thing that the right. fucking show arc left out. That they There were some survivors, and they're coming after her. Payat Pri himself, yeah. yeah. She laughs at Zaro, saying, aren't you the one who told me they were just as good as useless old dying soldiers? Their, you know, their words are wind, basically. I really liked his answer. Yeah, so I kind of footnoted yeah, it so if did you I. didn't. No, uh, I didn't exactly quote it. But he tells her, yeah, that was that was true once, but now glass candles are burning. I didn't put where. I don't know if you did. Uh, yeah, the house of Urethan Nightwalker, just because yeah, yeah. I liked the name. Uh, he says that the, gr- the ghost grass has begun to grow in cities. The Garden of Gaheen. That place. That phantom tortoises have been seen delivering messages between Warlock's houses or something. Yeah, the shit. houses on Warlock's way. That's wild. Yeah, uh, they're using fucking familiars right. to send messages. Um, so they say, but it could also be things like Tyrion sees a giant tortoise and there is known to be a, a demigod, essentially, that yeah. goes through the waters there. It's a big tortoise guy, so... Um, the wife of Mathos mm, something or other, who had once mocked a warlock's moth-eaten robe, has gone mad and will wear no clothing at all. She claims that the clothing makes her feel as if bugs are crawling on every inch of her flesh, and blind Sebastian, Sebastian can see again, or so his slaves seem to claim. There's, these are strange times in Koth, and strange times are bad for trade. It grieves me. Yet it might be best if you left the city entirely 
and soon. And then he goes on to his typical spiel yeah, of wed me and mm-hmm. we'll go across the JHC and we'll just have a great time on our little fuck barge. You need not go alone, my dragon queen. I'll go with you. You can bear my children like a good woman, like, is what I hear from yeah. this motherfucker. And he just says, you know, say the word and, and it'll all happen. And she's like, no. And he's like, no, that's not the word I wanted to hear with the, the, the crying on command thing. Yep. But... She tells him, I'm not going to wed you, Zaro. Like, it ain't going to happen. He grew cold at that. Then go. All of a sudden, Yeah, and she says, where? And he says, somewhere far from here. And she thinks that perhaps it was time. Now that her Kalisar was well-rested and full, the Dothraki were beginning to grow unruly. Obviously, they're a warrior tribe. They're not meant for cities. They're nomadic. Perhaps she'd lingered too long, seduced by Karth's comforts and beauties. I mean... Yes, you, you, you did. That, and that's exactly. what Jora was saying from the very beginning, is that we need to fucking recoup and get the fuck out. Yeah, but now the city is no longer fighting to give her treasures and wishes and demands to see dragons. Now they're all kind of vying over who gets the pleasure of killing her. Yeah, the Tourmaline Brotherhood openly called for her expulsion from the city, and the ancient guild of the Spicers openly called for her death. And she thinks, but where to go? Jora. Proposed further east, far away from the Seven Kingdoms, basically on the other side of the world. Her blood riders would sooner return to the Great Grass Sea, even if that meant braving the Red Waste again. Yo, that's wild that they would... uh, Like, she's sitting here, oh, I think they're beginning to grow restless. They're telling you that they would rather cross the Dothraki, the fucking Red Wastes again, where you all almost died. At this point, though, they're a little better off, and they know... How long right. the journey would I mean, take. Valid. The journey back is a lot, certainly going to be a lot safer. Yeah. But so she had tossed around the idea of returning to the city of Bones, yeah. based to Loro, and letting her dragons Settle, grow. settling there until her dragons. She grow. claims till her dragons grew, but I think that the plan there and the reason it's so not appealing to her is if she's going there, it's to settle permanently. Right. It's not to go and wait a few years till her dragons are big enough because it'll never be that time where okay, we're big enough, let's go conquer the world. Each of these felt wrong somehow, and there's then there's the whole issue of the transportation anyway of getting her men. They have no horses. They, they're completely reliant on someone's generosity. Zaro would be no help to her in this. For all his professions of devotion, he was playing his own game, not unlike Payat Pri. The night he had asked her to leave, she had begged one last favor. And his answer when it was just, What is it now, an army? A, a galley? A fucking plethora, a fleet of ships. And she's like, yeah, a ship. And so he says, speak no more of gifts. I'm a tradesman, so let's trade. I will give you ten of the finest ships in the world for one of your dragons. And Danny's like, eh, mm, mm. And, and yeah, he's no. like, eh, eh, eh. So yeah, they, that's they, basically where it goes yeah. until Danny's like, listen. Basically, if you will give me a third of the world's ships, I'll give you one of my dragons. Because that's basically what they're worth. What she's equating them to. And he calls her mad. He says, as I feared, entering the warlock's palace of dust has made you mad. One third all the world's ships. And she hadn't seen him since. Now, I think that that line's kind of important. 
because she's she's very much so in the way that Cersei does, using that my children, my her dragons, uh-huh. and that's her driving force. Yeah, there, a mother everything. doesn't sell her children. We, yeah, there's no fee. Like I could say a third, I could say all the ships. It means the same thing. Yeah, I'm not actually I'm selling not giving them. you a dragon. But she's called mad over it. Yeah, and I think that's an important thing. This guy, which is been, also this is this is I think alludes to to. The upcoming Unsullied with the dragon trade, where she would never trade a dragon. Like She said that right here, that she is not willing to give up a dragon unless it's for something as ridiculous as you need to be coming to the table with like a third of the world's ships. Right. In order for it to even be a serious proposition for her. And so I think that's also hinting at Storm when she goes to Marine or wherever the fuck it is and gets the the Unsullied. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's just, it's good shit. I really like this. I really, really, really like this chapter. But she hadn't seen him since then. Messages were delivered via his seneschal, and each one was colder than the last. She must quit his house. He was done feeding her and her people, and he demanded the return of the gifts he had gave her, saying that she accepted them in bad faith. What a dick. What a dick. Just immediately like, nope, bye, fine, yeah, fuck you, you just because you didn't marry me. So she kind of thinks on this while she's riding if if Paya and Zaro are the two two of the three treasons that she heard of yep. in the, the House of the Undying. She's absolutely convinced that Miri is the one for blood. Yeah. And then, yeah, she's like, are Payet Pri and, and Zaro the other two? And then she thinks, Zaro, no, because Zaro loved me not at all, and right. Payet wasn't in it for gold. There was no gold in it for him so. so we know now we think it's is jorah is love i i have or no i have i don't think jorah fits any of these no. i really don't because jorah would for me be if anything it'd be blood it'd be his his home of westeros but he stopped that betrayal it's yeah i didn't see so, the treason she and was him before. betraying her for love he loves her there's no betrayal he's gonna do to her that's right. for love for his love of her so i don't think jorah fits any of them cool and i think miri Mazdor could be the first one i see why blood for blood jor uh drogon not drogon jo- uh, drogo and ricaro were killed with it so like that one i could see for blood and then the other two, I actually think Brown Band Plum is. Ricaro? Yeah, her son, her unborn. Rago? Rago, not Ricaro. Ricaro's her blood rider. Ricaro is her blood rider. I meant Rago, yeah. Rago right, cool. and Drogo, uh, blood. And yeah, so I think actually like Brown Band Plum is the gold. But yeah, I don't think Jorah fits Work. any of them. Anyway, so as they keep riding, the streets keep getting emptier and emptier. Even less people are showing up. And her thoughts keep going back to the House of the Undying. And she thinks the visions, about yeah. the three heads of the dragon that she had heard of. And she asks Jorah if it means anything to him. And the first thing he mentions is your sigil, yeah. yo. And like, she's like, yeah, but no dragon ever had three heads. And he's like, yeah, but it's meant to be Aegon and his sister wives. And she's like, yeah, I fucking know all that, dude. And he's like, listen, you're putting way too much stock in the shit you saw in there. Like, shit was whack. Warlocks are fucking crazy. Like, why are you tripping? And she can't let it go, and she mentioned seeing Rhaegar. It yeah, because she's was... like, the, the things I saw in there, but then she gives this detailed description of his his harp. And George is kind of like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah he he played a harp that was kind of like that one. Yeah, I guess yeah. that could have been him. And maybe. Danny says he was speaking to a woman, and they named Babe Aegon, talking about his song, and she's like, well, he was... A- Elia, his wife Elia, gave birth to his son Aegon. And he says, well, 
if that's true, if that's who you saw, and Aegon is this prince who was promised, that fucking hope ended when his brain got dashed against the wall by the Lannisters. Like, Jesus, Jorah. Yeah, well, I also thought it was funny before they got into Rhaegar, what he, she said, you know, oh, but all the things I saw, she clearly had talked to him about before. Because yeah. he was like, oh, a dead man on a, a prow of a ship, a rose, a mummer's dragon. What is a mummer's What even dra- is like, a mummer's dragon? What is that? I was like, yeah. what the fuck, yeah. Jorah? Yeah, like, what Jorah, is, yeah, what yeah, is even a mummer's dra- That's not even a fucking thing. So, yeah, they, uh, they get to the harbor uh, with Jorah mentioning the Prince Aegon's head dashing and Ago and Jogo are just begin tripping out over seeing the sea because they can smell it and they don't trust any water that their horse won't drink and so the Dothraki despise the sea and they're like Khaleesi I smell it and the fucking harbor is huge just enormous it's like a big bazaar marketplace and waterfront all rolled into one and they end up riding all the way over to the far end where ships from the Summer Islands, Westeros, and the Nine Free Cities were permitted yeah. to dock. I did make a few of the little notes that uh, Ago got a skewer of mice yep. that was sweetened with some honey. Drogo got some white cherries. I kind of want some white I cherries I wanted to now. try white cherries, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, as they walked, they passed all the boats of the 13 first because those are the yep. ones that are raid stationed early on, the Spicer's Guild, all that shit. And then, yeah, all the way at the far end is where everywhere else gets to dock. And she gets off her horse here, and she tells Ago and Jogo to, yo, watch the horses, brah. We're going to go talk to some captains, you know what I mean? And they're like, yeah, sure, we'll guard the fucking horses because blood riders are great guard duties. No, they just care for horses better. Sure. That makes more sense. Anyway, when they start making their way off, we also sneak off down the side street so that we can convene our small council. So we're going to go over there and do that quick. Yay! Yes, we're here in the small council. This is it. That's about as much enthusiasm as you're going to get, except for me right now, because we got this sick, sick Tight, tight, tight. Tight, tight, tight. Email from Sarah what via up? the via the, the, the Gmail, which wait a couple minutes and, well, like hopefully like 30 seconds and yeah. you'll get it. But she says, hello, brothers. What up? Hello, America. I finally caught up with the podcast and this is just to send you a ton of positive thoughts. Yay. Thank you so much. I can't possibly begin to understand how tough this moment is for you with your job, Nate's job in uh, social services. So he's still out there fighting the fight with this yeah. quarantine. I feel as if I'm, or feel like I'm writing to you from the future, as things are definitely <laughs> looking better here in Tuscany. While news from the U.S. of A. still seems to come straight from the Book of Revelations. Pray for us. <laughs> Be kind to yourself. Take your time. Play D and D if you can. New content can wait. Uh, we appreciate that, but. It's a it's a nice driving force for us. It keeps us busy and distracted yeah. from the and D and D is kind of hard. We're doing D&D's, social distancing yeah. thing because you know we're responsible peoples. But we are painting our minis, and that's a fucking blast. Uh, I love these last Sansa chapters, by the way, and I deeply enjoyed your fun analysis as usual. And who doesn't have a soft spot for the Hound? His relationship with Sansa is interesting, and I wonder if he sees in her and her if he sees in her and her youth the possibility of renewal and redemption. Sorry, I got mixed up there. The questionable sexual tension is there, but it might be hiding the desperate need of a sense of belonging, virtually sending you some strong café, as I am short on Dornish Red right now. Best, Sarah. 
We could tell you, Sarah, that we're not actually that big of alcohol drinkers right. ourselves, so we prefer the cafe way more than the alcohol. Absolutely. Unless it was actually like a bottle of Dornish Red, because we aren't opposed to some wine. No, no, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, no, yeah, no, we're not. Thank you so much. Yeah, for thanks the for the warm thoughts, the, uh, the sort of letting us off the hook a little bit, because we're <laughs> super rigid on ourselves as far yeah, as getting yeah. content out on the days we, we say we're going to, and we've tried very hard not to let any of the crazy stuff happening in our country right now dissuade us from doing that but But, anyway the purpose of the small council thank you Sarah for the email it was great it's to let you know how you can also write in like Sarah did which that email address she sent it to us was without manners at gmail wait without manners brotherhood at gmail.com this guy's got it Uh, Nate's on Twitter at manners without I'm on Twitter at carstark92 you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash brotherhood podcast and you can also find us on Patreon patreon.com slash manners without as we've said before Patreoners we have some uh, other things backwards it's patreon.com slash without manners that one (laughs) Uh, we have some things we're working on for you we we know we've been lax and getting out an episode like we said yeah if you love what we do go in log in and register for the 2020 podcast awards and vote for your boys in the comedy and the People's Choice Awards because, you know, right now it's just nominations. Get us on that ballot. Because we're fucking funny, bro. Yeah. So, uh, I think that's it. Yeah, you know, use our Stitcher code, Brotherhood, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends about us. Oh, pop over to the YouTube for some tight discussion. Yeah, uh, the, the wonderful ladies Amelia and Stephanie, Stephanie over, there over there are always keeping the yeah. discussion going. And, and similarly, if we don't respond, Stephanie and Amelia, it's just because... You guys just one up us every time. Yeah, if You're you so much uh, better than us if you this. were angered <laughs> about uh, my sexual tension comments with the hound, not that everybody was, but uh, or those was. those two girls put it into much more eloquent language than I ever could, and so go give those a read, or just go give us a listen there yeah. and join the conversation. Add what your thoughts are to that. Anyway, we'll let you get back to Danny's last chapter. Yeah. Alrighty. All right. And they're off to speak to captains, and I super quick noted this. Uh, I didn't write down yeah, any names. Yeah, so cool. They're I've... impeded at every turn is what I wrote. Yeah, so her first thoughts as they're walking down are, I wonder what people are thinking seeing this blonde-haired, savagely-dressed Dothraki girl that's just walking side by side with this big old hulking knight. And Jor- Jorah's decked out in full armor. He didn't, even it's hot as shit. He's still full, like, long sleeve shirt. He's got his goth nails painted. <laughs> he's he's just doing it. Um, doing it. So the first captain they spo- spoke to laughed. Just fucking laughed. Just like, ha, no. Yeah. And then the second one didn't believe she was Danny. He said, uh, oh, well, if you are, well, I'm Tywin Lannister and I shit gold. So. Fucking see you. Perpetuating now, stereotypes. I now, don't like it. It's funny that he says that specifically because isn't that what somebody was like fucking hung for for saying in front of Tywin? They heard him. Tywin heard the one of his troops or something say that he shits gold and he killed him. I thought that I was mean, uh, an potentially. I mean, it's one of Tyrion's. It's Tyrion's last thought after he killed his father. Like, True. That's yeah. some significance to it, but 
Yeah. So one of them, uh, one of the captains said that the dragons were too dangerous. They'd light the boat up. Another one said that the Dothraki were too dangerous, and he's not going to have those savages. So it's basically, you know, our president. No, I'm not having those types of uh, people on my country. Fucking racist is what it is. Yeah. And so he refuses. And then there's two brothers. Uh, I don't know. I didn't do too much research on these guys, see if there's anything about them. But they invite them onto their ships, and it does not go well. They apparently. want. They have a high asking price, motherfucker. Yeah. Any ideas? On the what? On what the asking it? price is? Um, a dragon each, and uh, they like, get to fuck. Well, like, no, no, no. I don't think they were. I don't think they were presumptuous enough to even ask for a dragon. I think it would have equate to what Danny would charge for a dragon, right, roughly. Right. Like, a million gold dragons, something Just fucking crazy. astronomical. Yeah, no. You want us to, then you're going to have to like, pay yeah, us Like, yeah, 500,000 gold dragons yeah, just to ferry the, the, her whole What you across. would expect a dragon keeper to Right, have. whatever it was, it was way too extravagant for Danny. So even she thinks Zaro probably couldn't pay that, and that's exactly. ridiculous. So And so as they, they head off, Jorah's like... Uh, listen, I got some news to tell you. We're being followed. But that's not the worst of it. Ned broke his leg. Ned broke his leg. Yeah, he makes kind of a show of leading her over to a stall where there's a merchant selling some brass. And This guy is my favorite. Using the platter as a mirror, he holds it up and shows her their pursuers. And she sees a fat brown man and an older man with a staff. The old man had the look of Westeros about him. And she thinks of Robert's reward for her life and then thinks, or did the warlock send him? Prudent. The fat brown man had a gleaming bald head and the smooth cheeks of a eunuch and an auroch at his waist. His chest was naked but for a vest and old scars crisscrossed his arms, chest, and massive belly. There's a guy in Dragon Quest Ten, I think it is, that looks just like Strong Belwas. That is a deep fucking pull. Oh, Holy yeah, shit. Sorry. No, sorry, it's cool. Yeah, That's just like a him. deep pull. <laughs> uh, the old one is Barristan Selmy. <laughs> uh, the old one is an old man. Uh, full spoiler reread, motherfuckers. Arston Whitebeard, Barristan Selmy is back on the fucking table. So I'm ashamed to admit how long it took me to go. I wonder why Arstan, and then you realize he just kind of takes the bear part off or moves an eye and bazinga, you got an Arstan. And the white beard just came from Belwas. Belwas. So as the brass you, merchant is just clawing. Yeah. Ah, the most beautiful brass you've ever seen. Yeah. And it's only 30 copper for you, my lady. This guy has nothing else in his life but his <laughs> need for Daenerys to buy this platter. Yeah. So he starts undercutting now, his own price. It's lovely because at first, the way that they're doing it, she's like... Oh, where are my guards? Because I've got this guy over here who's just trying to rob me yeah, blind. Yeah. This is insane. Then she kind of leans in and she's like, so do we have any idea what's going on? Are these motherfuckers? Like, just completely using this guy as a, a diversion so right. that they can actually investigate what's happening here. I love this whole segment, yeah, yeah. the way he, that Martin wrote And this. as they, they kind of walk off, Jorah's like, yeah, no, now the old one is pretending to be interested in a stall, but the, the big fat one only has eyes for you. And so the merchant's hopping in front of them as they're walking, and Jorah's like, lift, yeah, lift, so, lift that platter up a bit. Yeah, because she was asking if they're still watching there. And so, yeah, he makes him hold, like, because he's still trying to sell this plate. Yeah. He's been lowering it down to, like, nothing. And 
yeah, I just love the way that Jory, you hey, uh, lift this up. A so little the merchant does displaying his goods. Like, oh, you want to see it in this light? Yeah, but and now it's no. just the right yeah, angle. Yeah, they're just so using they it for the them. mirror, and then she's like, yeah. oh yeah, I do see him. Okay, and then at this point. She's like, all right, Jorah, give him a fucking silver so he doesn't kill himself. <laughs> and then she turns with the she, intent to confront yeah, them. Yeah, she's just going to go up to them and yeah. be like, yo. I'm not letting them herd yeah. me through this fucking no, market. I'm the, I'm the I'm blood of the dragon. dragon. Yeah. like, you're not going to fucking push me off and scare me around when all of a sudden a Carthian man bumps into her, kind of appears up in front Steps of her. Steps in her path, and, kneeling, uh, and thrusts a jeweled and box in her my face. My mother of dragons for you and... It's a jeweled box that out of reflex, she just kind of takes it. And she's like, oh, you're much too generous. And she pops that bad boy right open and sees a beautifully jewel-encrusted scarab in there. And barely has time to even hear this man. As she reached in for it, yeah. she's going to pick it the fuck up. Dude. He says, I am so sorry. And she barely hears it as the scarab unfolded with a hiss. Danny caught a glimpse of a malign black face, almost human. Is this war- this is warlock magic? Yes. No, 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 no. So this is similar, actually, to how it is done in the in the show with the manticore. The back is similar to like a cobra. Or something I like yeah. That. I don't. The one in the show did not have Look, a no, fucking uh, human looking face. No, it's got that face painted on it, like the black fa- face. I am calling bullshit. This is I, some creepy demon fucking shit with warlocks, like. It's got a malign black face, almost human looking. like Almost human, like ghost spectral, like similar to what's in the show. Mm, I think you're reaching. I, I don't think so. And a arched tail dripping venom. Yeah. Suddenly the box flew to from her hand in pieces, pain exploding in her fingers, and people begin sh- screaming and shoving. Jorah slams past her as Danny stumbles to a knee. Now, I really like how, again, this whole thing, Type uh, the way that Martin writes this, it you know we know that that Barry the Bold just helped her out, saved her life, but it, it very well could be that this thing just stung her hand and she dropped that box. Yeah. Before he explains that as she's you know because Jorah kind of bumped her to her knee. Yeah. And he's kind of looking for the Carthian that fucked her up, and that's when Arztan is there. Yeah. And he's like, I'm so sorry. Well, the old man drove his butt of Blah. the butt of his staff into the ground, and Ago came through, riding through an egg seller's stall, <laughs> and vaulted from his saddle. Jogo's whip cracked. Sir Jorah slammed the eunuch over the head with the brass platter. <laughs> it's straight up fucking WWE in this. Jorah's got the chair. He's Yo, going at him. No kidding. And I just love that that Jogo just comes flying through the egg seller's cart of all the carts that there are. Yeah, the just one. Scattering chicken eggs everywhere, blowing them all up. Yeah, it's fucking great. But Arston is there, and he he tells her, you know, I'm your grace. I'm sorry. I beg your pardons. I, I love I, that he calls her your grace. I think it's dead, and he be, he starts to say, I had to knock it away, but her fucking blood riders are yeah, on him. Yeah, they just chokehold this motherfucker. Pushing him to a knee, knocking his staff away, and pressing a dagger to his throat. They ask if Danny would like to see the color of his blood. And she's like, yo, chill, 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 chill. She commands him release and then ran between Jorah and the eunuch. The eunuch had knocked Jorah on the ground mm. as a rock and longsword flash from their, she- their sheaths. Danny commands them both to put down their steel. And Mormont is cautious. He's like, yo, they attacked you. And she says, they were defending me. It was the car theme, and she looks around. This, but he was a sorrowful he's gone. man. Yeah, and he was a sorrowful man. He apologized, as we know, right before he did it. 
There was a manticore in the box, she tells him. This man knocked it out of my hand. And so she helps the brass merchant up, who's tweaking out because it landed on his arm. And she's like, did it sting you? And he's like, no, but it was on me. And she sees that he pissed himself. And she's like, I don't really blame him for that. Yeah, no kidding. And she uh, gives him a silver for his trouble and sends him on his way. And then she turns to the old man and asks to who it is that she owes her life. And he says that she owes him nothing. He is called Arston, though Belos, Belwas named him Whitebeard on the voyage here. And though released, he remains on one knee before her, which I liked. Yeah, yeah. And Ago examines his staff the scraped rem- and scrapes the remains of the manticore off and then hands it back to him. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was kind of neat, too, that he's like, yeah. oh, yeah, no, you, you got the fucking thing. So the eunuch introduces himself as Strong Balwas and says, you know, I let each opponent cut me once before I kill them, and that's why he's all crisscrossed with yeah. scars, and he's, there's a lot. He says, count them, and you'll know how many men Strong Balwas has killed, and she's like, I don't need to count them, there's a lot, I get it. I got it. So she's like, why, the, why are you guys here, though? And Balwas says that he was sold originally, and when he was sold... He was sold from Marine to the fat man with the sweet stink in his hair. He sent Belwas with Whitebeard to serve him. And Danny's like, you were sent by Illyrio? And, and Arstan, Barry the Bold's like, fuck yeah, we were. He, he sent us Major to come help you and summon you back to Pentos. He needs you back there because Westeros is in fucking ruins. Well, he tells her, you know, we were following you because we weren't sure it was you. Like, we were expecting, and she laughed. She's like, someone more regal. I get it. Like, I'm in Dothraki, and I don't have my dragons. And she says, you speak the common tongue well, yeah, sir. because you... Arstan had switched up his language from Valyrian, Valyrian to, to common. common and she point. says, are you from Westeros? And Yo, I love this, that he goes through his fucking history. Yeah. Where he was born, the Darnish Marches. Who he squired for. Who he squired a, a lord of House Swan. Mm-hmm. Like, kept it vague enough, though, that Jorah doesn't immediately pick out who the fuck yeah. he is. And Jorah... Gets dickish and is like a bit old for squiring, aren't you now? Because he says he squires for. And he's like, now. it's never too old to serve. <laughs> like fuck you, Jorah. You don't know. You're a and fucking he's traitor. Not too, not too old to serve, Lord Mormont. And Jorah's like, you know me. And he's like, I I saw you at Lannis, uh, Lannis Port when you uh, were in the tourney. I saw you at Pike fighting like, on the shores. And Jorah like thinks that yeah, you're you're vaguely familiar, but. I'm no longer people were on pike, and I'm no longer a lord, though I am a knight. And Danny's like, indeed, he is a knight of my queen's guard. And no, she notes that Arston has this quiet dignity about him that she really fucking likes. Yeah, yeah. So she then introduces him to her blood riders, and you know, explains that they were there when the dragons were born. Horse boys. I like killing horse boys. They twinkle when they die. Belwas is a badass. He's a fucking gem. Ago and Belwas have a little standoff about it, but Danny tells Belwas, you will respect my men or you will leave my service and with more scars than you entered in. Yeah, and and this is where she says, why were you sent here? And they're like, dragons. Dragons. They need your help. And and Barry tells her, yeah, the the Westeros is in ruins. The Seven Kingdoms need you. Robert the Super is dead. When I left... There were four kings and no justice in the land. Joy bloomed in her heart, but she keeps her shit together, and she mentions that she has her dragons, her kalasar, and her horses that need to come with her, and Belwas, we take all, it does not matter. Fat man hires three ships for his little silver-haired queen. 
And Arson confirms. He's like, yeah, they're all waiting. One's out to sea. But they're right the over there. Right over there. They're right there. And she thinks Three Heads has the dragons. And she's like, all right, but those ship names are shit. The ones that take me home are going to be having different names. And Barry's like, sure, as you wish. What would you name them? And she says, Vega, Meraxis, and Balerion, painted in gold on their hulls. I want every man who sees them to know dragons are returned. And that's the end of Danny Five. They're not the only thing that's returned. Barry the Bold is back! As Arston fucking Whitebeard. Hell yeah. So, that's it for Danny Five. Uh, I really liked her whole thing in Clash. Her whole little arc in Karth. Yeah. It's short, it's succinct. But a it's, full turnaround. I've never disliked the House we of get the House Undying. We get House of the Undying but shit. But I, I for, always, for some reason, I always thought that I disliked it. But no, I really enjoyed her storyline. I didn't think it was long or drawn out. Her chapters were fairly short and, again, succinct. Mm-hmm. Like they, they kept it. And the it point. gives us some of the biggest prophecies for Danny that'll yeah. carry her out all the way through dance. But So, who you got an inductee? Yeah, mine's Strong Bell Loss. Fuck yeah. Because that's a hell of an introduction. I mean, one... Strong Bellas has Barristan the Bold squiring for him. Dude. Like, dude. Barristan isn't just going to do it unless, you know, there's a respect type uh, thing. Yep. And I think there is for him and Bellwas. So, yeah, Bellwas' introduction is great. Him and Ago's squaring off and just the count the scars and you'll know how many men yeah. Strong Bellwas has killed. So I'm really excited we've got Strong Bellwas now in Danny chapters because yeah, nice. he's a great motherfucker. So I was going to give mine two. Barry the Bold. Yeah. But I've changed my mind after recording, and I am now going to give it to the Brass Merchant. Mm. Because that motherfucker was relentless. He followed through from beginning to end, landing the sale, and on top of that, was given some, you know, compensation for... He he saved her life by deflecting that manticore away from her. Mm. He... She owes him a life debt. I also two wonder silver. if he is still going to get beat by his two wives. Three wives, did he say? <laughs> so, poor dude's going to have a rough night. In yeah, one. so I'm going to induct him so he can get a warm Honorary inductee to Jorah for using the fucking brass platter just as a <laughs> fucking yash. Yeah, like, like, hell like yeah. He's the fucking... uh, those were our inductees. We did get one from our favorite French fry, Julian, which Nate is going to read. Lovely. What up, Julian? We missed you. It's only been a few days, but that's okay. <laughs> Hi, brothers. Once again, I am waiting on you to make me like this chapter. The House of Black and White was tons of fun, and I feel like... I think you meant the House of the Undying. Uh, there. Yeah. That's all right. That's okay, I, I do it all the time, too. Yeah, no shit. Um, and I feel like it's just back to normal now. Two new characters. Yay, though. Uh, curious, too, about how Danny's going to put her Dothraki people on three boats. It's not war yet, so that's going to be fun. As for my inductee, it's going to be the two captains of Quicksilver and Greyhound. <laughs> Two brothers to the brotherhood created by true brothers. I like it. And Greyhound is a badass name, even for a boat. Valar Scarabaris. You know, at least those two brothers know how to fucking host a queen, man. True. Like, Here, come to our on. ship. There's no no strings attached. Like, you, you just, we'll, we'll eat, we'll talk business. Mm. So, Julian, as always... Thank you much. Yes, we hope you're that staying safe in France. Yeah. And, you know, and Sarah out in Italy, Stephanie, I mean, all of our wonderful listeners that write in frequently, we hope you guys are also all staying safe. And anyone who doesn't write in is just listening. Stay the fuck safe, man. Yeah, that. Um, we are That's going it for to be, Danny. Danny's done with Cla- for Clash of Kings, so We're we won't see her till Story. Aria 10. Aria 10. Aria's last. And that's going to be it for Aria. So are you excited for Aria? I'm very I'm excited. Too. They're it's leaving Iron Hall. It's going to be sick. So get us your inductees for Aria. The rain will wash them clean again. Yeah, that's a... 
That was one of your questions on our It was on Sir Buckley's. Sir Buckley's yep. A Sporkle Spectacular. Anyway, send us your inductees for Aria 10, and after that, I'm not quite sure who it is. I think yeah, it's Sansa, Sansa actually. Sansa probably, but yeah, last Aria 10 is next. Last chapter. Hit us up. We're getting there. We're almost done. We'll catch you on the next one. Bella to Harris. Peace.